you brought your Bible this morning, go with me to the first chapter of the book of Luke. We're going to look at the Christmas story, but um, God has been opening my eyes. I've been, I've been seeing things I never really saw about this story before. Um, there's really a whole lot more that I can get into this morning, but I want to read part of the Christmas story here in Luke chapter number one. And uh, the whole story, or, or, the, or at least I should say the passage that I want to focus in on this morning Uh, particularly goes from verse 26 of Luke chapter number 1 through verse number 56. Uh, There's much more to the story in chapter 2 about Jesus' actual birth, but I want to talk a little bit this morning about some of the things in this passage in Luke chapter number 1. The Bible, you know, Christmas, we know what Christmas is. It's basically the the Word being made flesh, Jesus dwelling among us. The Bible says in John 1, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And Jesus didn't start His existence on Christmas Day. He came, he, he was eternal, He lived, He's God before, God in the flesh, God after the flesh. But He came and He became man. And we know that that's the, for the purpose of redeeming mankind. He came eventually to shed his blood and to die for our sins. We understand the purpose of that. But yet, right on the other hand, I like something that Earl Roberts said one time. He said, when stories are told in the Bible, they are aimed at you and me. This story we know is aimed at us to give us the information that Jesus came in the flesh. This is how it happened and so forth and so on. But yet, you can, read, uh, you can read what the Bible says, you know, in, in the context of the overall story, or you can read a story in the sense of what Earl Roberts is talking about, basically saying it in another way, these stories are God speaking to us, or there's a message in it for us. And uh, there's some truth, and you can find that truth, and you can uh, live the truth that they lived, and you can, uh, someone like Mary here in this case lived, and you can get what they got. And so the story of Christmas, of course, is the incarnate Christ coming into the flesh and being born. We understand that. But it's also a story that's rich with revelation regarding um, how God gets his plan into the earth. God has a plan, not, he didn't just have a plan for Mary, he has a plan for all of us. Um, you know, Mary's plan was a bit unique. That'll never happen again in human history. But, um, but yet, right on the other hand, there is a plan for all of our lives. And I, I want to look at this story this morning in light of looking at how God gets his plan into the earth and how he uses men, in this case a woman, men being mankind, Um, uses them to to cooperate with him to get his plan into the earth. And since he still has a plan today, how do we cooperate with him to uh, let him bring his plan to pass through us? Or the part of his plan that he has us to cooperate with, or that he wants us to cooperate with, how does that come into the earth? Would that be all right to look at that? And so you can look at Mary's story and you can say, how did she cooperate with what God showed her was his plan? You won't, no, no, nobody here is going to have, no, no lady here is going to have a virgin birth, you know. But there is a plan that is going to be divinely planted in the spirit of a man or a woman. And God wants you to steward that just like Mary stewarded it. And uh, you might be amazed at some things she did that you never noticed before to steward that plan. Overall, God just basically needs stewards of his plan in the earth. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't need just... Uh, you know, to do everything, and he does it, do everything sovereignly, he needs somebody to cooperate with him. You understand that? And so well, I want to read this story in this light. In most recent times, more recent times, I've been more and more interested in why does God pick that person? Why does God choose who he chooses? Of course, he sees things we don't see. But yet, right on the other hand, in this case of Mary, you can see some things in this story about why God picked her, because besides the Lord himself, this was one of the most important roles in the plan of redemption any human being would play in the earth. This one couldn't be messed up. Amen. And Jesus was coming through, he was coming into humanity, but he was coming into humanity through a frail, sinful human being. 
You know, people make out Mary to be, you know, like, like God himself and, and, and that she was not sinful. She had the same sinful nature as you and I. The Bible says she is subject to like passions like as we are. But, and so she wasn't perfect like people want to make her out to be. Yet right on the other hand, God found somebody that would cooperate with him. And so with that in mind, I want to read the scriptures. And I've been doing this. I've been reading Luke 1 and 2 the last really, really week or so, week and a half or so. I've been reading it and I've just been taking off my religious glasses. And it's like the Holy Ghost has taken off my religious glasses. And I'm seeing things I had never seen before. And so I wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit about that this morning. I believe there's a number of reasons God chose Mary. And uh, number one, of course, you know the, the prophecy. She had to be, or, or Jesus had to be of the lineage of David. Yes. We know that. And we know that she is of the lineage of David. Bethlehem is, uh, was, a, was a, I said on last Sunday, I said it was a, city, a little town of about 400. I was wrong. They say it couldn't have been uh, over 400. It was probably more like 120 or 150 people. That's a little village. That's a little wide spot in the road without a stop sign. You know what I'm talking about? And nobody went there unless they had a relative to go there and see. You didn't go there for vacation. You didn't go there for grocery shopping. You didn't go there for any other reason other than maybe you knew somebody there. So, um, so we know she had to be of the lineage of David, and she was. I'm talking about the one that God chose to use to bring Jesus into the earth. He had to be of the lineage of David. Actually, Joseph was as well, although his, his seed was not involved. <laughs> But then the, but we, we see that, but yet on the other hand, there were many young girls uh, or, or ladies of the uh, seed of David. You know, and um, so what was it that, uh, what, because it says here in Luke chapter number one, look at just uh, verse number 28. Let's look at verse 26, first of all. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin espoused to a man named, whose name was Joseph in the house of David. Joseph was also of the house of David, but so was Mary. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now, hail is a greeting. In the Greek, it means rejoice and be glad. And uh, um, it also means it's a, it's a greeting or a salutation, but it's, it's mostly, most of the time translated rejoice or be glad in the Bible. And so the angel says, shows up and said, hail, in other words, rejoice, be glad. In other words, what I'm going to tell you is something to be excited about. And so um, in the looking at this, in through, looking at this through the plan of God and Mary cooperating with the plan of God, notice the first thing the angel said to Mary in order, and, and it's applicable to us, in order to co cooperate with the plan of God, that is number one, rejoice in the plan of God. Rejoice in the plan of God. And notice uh, he said that first before Mary even knew what was coming. That's the first thing he said. Hail, thou art highly favored of the Lord. Uh, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. When she had saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this what might be. And then the angel said unto her, you know, you found favor with God and you're going to conceive in your womb. You're going to bring forth the Christ child and so forth and so on. Then th afterwards, she got more information. But the angel said rejoice even before she knew what the plan was. What does that mean? Regardless of what's coming, regardless of what the plan is, rejoice. What a privilege to be a part of God's plan. What a privilege to be a part of God's plan. So you can see there that she didn't even know what it was, what the plan was. How many of you know it's, it's a plan like she had never heard before? No, nobody had ever had that kind of a plan. And uh, so he says, rejoice. Even before she knew what the plan was. Amen. Hallelujah. Your job, whenever the plan, when, when you find in the Bible, because the Bible does say, I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you. He's got plans for all of us. You and my job is to rejoice and re rejoice whatever God's plan is, even when we don't know it all yet, even when we don't know all that's ahead of us, when we don't even know, like Angel here, I mean, Mary's here, she's got an angel talking to her, and she's, she's like, this is unusual, and she doesn't know what's coming. 
But the angel said, whatever's coming, get happy about it. In other words, delight in God's plan for your life, even whenever you don't even know what it all is yet, because you know his plan's going to be good. His plan's going to be good. Amen. And so whatever's coming in my life, I'm talking about the plan of God, I'm delighted. Anybody with me on that? I'm, I'm, I, I choose to be, I choose to delight in thy will, O God. Remember what the Lord said to me whenever I was grumpy and I didn't want to do the will of God? He said, you're mad at me. Remember that story I told you? I didn't want to travel in the traveling ministry. He said, you're angry at me and so forth and so on. I said, what do I do? He said, you holler at the top of your voice. I delight to do your will, O God. Yea, my law, you, you know, his law is in my heart. That's the will of God for you is to get happy and rejoice in the plan of God. Well, what if it sends me to a foreign land where I have to eat bugs? Rejoice. Rejoice. There's more protection for you there than there is here in the United States. You could die of frostbite in Iowa whenever you could be eating bugs and live. (laughs) All right. Um, So uh, that's the first thing. Then he said, you are highly favored. Uh, that's the word. We get our word grace from it. It also means to be endued with special honor. It means to honor with blessings. It literally means to be singled out with an, with, to be given an honor. And so he said, you are highly favored among women. We know he said that, but uh, he also said, you're highly favored of God. You're endued with a special honor. The plan of God is an honor. For God to include us in his plan, what an honor it is to be included in his plan. And so we're to get that kind. You can see Mary, we, we don't have any, we, we never see Mary. We see her deal with a little bit of, of fear here for a moment, but it had to do more with what was coming than it did the angel, the plan that was coming. Uh, because she's, a, and I'll get into that in a minute, but, but Mary just said, be it unto me according to your word. Whenever she fully got the understanding of what was, well, she probably didn't have all the understanding, but she, to the best of her abil- human ability, she understood what was coming and uh, she rejoiced. We, we don't ever see her doing anything but rejoice. Yeah. We, we see her keeping all these things and pondering them in her heart. We, say, we see her saying, be it unto me according to your will. Even though she probably had thoughts come to her about, you know, who's going to believe this? Who's going to believe that I'm not telling a tall tale? You know, that I really didn't sleep with a boy. You know what I'm talking about? And so there's going to be a lot of persecution. There's going to be shame thrown at her, not from God, but I'm talking about people that don't believe her. Joseph even wanted to, uh, you know, break off the engagement, we would say. And so um, there was a lot that was probably coming against her mind, but yet right on the other hand, we see her even after a, just a brief moment, just, just not much struggle at all because the angel said, fear not. Yes. And she, she settled into it. Yes. Amen. But he said, you're highly favored. You're, you're being singled out for a special honor that's going to be received from God. So what, here's another thing Mary did. She saw what God's plan for her was as an honor. The devil wants you to fear the plan of God. God said, if you'll receive the honor of it, then I'll be able to fulfill it in your life. Amen. And so you don't get that kind of honor from God, you know, meaning to be a part of God's plan in some way by failing to see the honor of being used. I said that you got to fail to see, you, you can't fail to see the honor of being used. Brother Hagin, whenever God called him, gave him that special healing anointing, he said to the Lord, he said, Lord, give it to somebody else. There's too much persecution. And the Lord's, the fire came out of the Lord's eyes. In other words, he's failing to see the honor of being used and being called. So Brother Hagin corrected himself. Amen. Don't look at me and think, well, I, if I was having a vision, I'd, I wouldn't talk to the Lord like that. How do you know? You haven't even been there before. <laughs> And so uh, rejoice in whatever the plan of God is. Recognize the honor that it is to be used. Mary had that kind of uh, honor for the plan. She, was, she, she rejoiced in it. And then he said, blessed art thou among women. So in other words, God's saying, I looked among the women of the earth. Wow. 
and I picked you out. Not just because you're of the seed of David, but because there were other qualities. One of them was because she saw the honor of being used in God's plan. Another one was because she said, I delight in this. Even though it's going to bring persecution. Even though people are going to talk about me and aren't going to believe that, it, that, that an angel appeared and the Holy Ghost came on me and, and it was supernatural, it wasn't natural through sin. It's an honor to be used. Amen. So the angel said, God has looked over all the women of the earth and she was the one that was chosen by God for the honor of playing one of the most vital roles in redemption besides Jesus' role himself. Wow. You understand that? Uh, Mary could have been standing there thinking, I'm human. I can mess this up. You understand what I'm telling you? Uh, she She had to renew her mind to some things. She had to say, okay, for the rest of my life, this is what I'm dedicating my life to. And so... Um, as I said, overall, what God needs from man in order to bring his will to pass in the earth, how many of you know God's got plans for this generation as well? He's got a great outpouring of the spirit, a great harvest to reap, you know, signs and wonders and miracles. So he needs people to steward certain things in that plan. And so to properly steward that plan, we see a couple of things that are important. Number one, you got to rejoice in what God's part, what, what God says your part is in it. Number two, you got to see the honor of it. And then number three, you got to say, be it unto me according to your word, like Mary did. Isn't that right? And so she delighted in it and she delighted in it so much that she laid aside whatever plan she had. And she said, this is now my plan. This is now God's plan, and it's now my plan. Amen. And so, but there's another thing I want to, well, before we get into that, basically what we say when we say, uh, see the delight of it, uh, see the honor of being asked. How many of you know God could have asked somebody else? But he's picked you to do what you're supposed to do. I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear ever have the attitude that makes the Lord say, never mind. I got other people because he does. I said, he does. I said, he does. But right on the other hand, um, she agreed with the plan of God. When we say delight and see the honor of it, we're saying agree with the plan of God because God's plan comes to the earth through people who agree with it. Not through people who, you know, like Paul, Jesus said to Saul, his name was changed to Paul on the road to Damascus, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks, right? So the plan doesn't come to pass through people who are kicking against it. It comes to pass through people who agree and say, be it unto me according to your word. So that's the first thing. But second of all, um, you know, first, well, you got to find out what the plan of God is, but we're talking about once you know what the plan of God is, look at the 39th and the 41st verses, or 39th through the 41st verses. Here's the second key I want to point out to you this morning that reveals why God, one of the reasons, I don't believe this is all of it, but a couple of the reasons why God picked Mary. So verse 39, it says in chapter number one, Mary said, behold, this is verse 38, the handmaiden of the Lord, the, hand, the, word, the word handmaiden is a, a servant. I'm your servant. In other words, I'm here to serve the plan. I'm here to serve you and whatever your plan is for my life. Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, according, uh, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed. Now look at the very next thing Mary did. Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste into a city of Judah. And entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. All right. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. That's in Elizabeth's womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, blessed art thou among women. And you can read what she said. And then Mary got the Holy Ghost on her. In verse 46, Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord, my spirit. And it's a prophecy she gives all the way down through verse number. um, Let's see, verse number 55, it finishes. And then verse 56, Mary abode with her or Elizabeth about three months and returned to her own house. Now get this. 
the angel had said back in chapter 1, verse number, uh, verse 36, Behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath conceived also, or also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Okay, she was called barren. Chapter 1, verse 7 says she was of an old age. So she's barren, never had produced a child. Now she's in an old age. She's like Sarah. This is a supernatural birth. John the Baptist's birth was supernatural. Now, he wasn't conceived of the Holy Ghost, but you know what I mean? It was supernatural in that in the natural, it had not been possible for her to have a child. Now, the angel said in verse 36, this is the sixth month with her. Go to verse number 56, and it says, Mary abode with her three months. Okay, how long does it usually take for a lady after she conceives to have a baby? Nine months. Six plus three is? So she stayed there until the baby was born. Or around that time, somewhere right in, right in there. Now, I want you to see that because this is a very important... Her, her, I believe this passage reveals another reason Jesus, I mean, God picked Mary. Now, notice, first of all, she agreed with the plan. She rejoiced in it. She saw the honor of it. Second of all, that's, that, that was part of stewarding it property, stewarding God's plan property. But another thing she did to properly steward God's plan properly is she didn't think she could fulfill it without the supply of a divine connection. Now, that's what I want to spend the rest of this service about. This is not a traditional Christmas service, but how often do I preach traditional Christmas services? I'm not real good at tradition. I don't know if you've noticed that. Um, you know, I, I, I just hate to break or bust your bubble, but most theologians, theologians now believe Jesus wasn't born in December anyway. He's probably born in March, somewhere around the third week of March, something like that. I'm not poo-pooing Christmas. I'm just simply saying... You know, we get these traditional air castles built up and we think, oh, it happened just that way. And and you read the scriptures, it didn't happen that way at all. But anyway, um, I'm just going to preach a little bit of an untraditional Christmas message here. Jesus, I mean, uh, Mary saw as soon. Now, I wanted you to notice back up. Mary had the Holy Ghost. Well, well. The, the Holy Ghost is through the angel ministering to her. But verse 36, the angel brings up Elizabeth. Do you notice that? This wasn't Mary thought about Elizabeth afterwards and thought, I'm going to go over there. No, the angel, or let's rephrase it, heaven, God, through an angel, said, pointed out Elizabeth to Mary. Why is he doing that? Because he's pointing out she has a divine supply for you to help you. Now, why would an angel do that? Because most theologians agree um, that Mary was in her mid-teens. And it sounds young today because, you know, it, it, some of the laws we have and so forth and so on. But right on the other hand, back in this day, it was normal to be engaged at mid-teens. Most theologians don't believe she was over the, 50, the age of 15 years old. Now, don't get strange ideas today because most people today aren't mature enough. Back then, their parents helped them a whole lot more than parents are, are allowed to do in teenagers' lives today. So don't get funny ideas. And don't come to me to be buried at 15 because I'm not going to do it. <laughs> no way. You're not even dry behind the ears yet. Besides that, people in this day matured a whole lot quicker. And uh, there's a lot I don't want to get into about that. In fact, I shouldn't have even opened the can of worms. But um, I wanted you to see Mary is very young. Elizabeth is, the Bible says, if you go back to the first chapter in the seventh verse, I believe, I believe, she had, they, they, uh, and they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were now well stricken in years. Elizabeth is older, mature. She's just not middle-aged. She's not 50 years old. She's upset. I don't know what stricken in years means in that day. I mean, it could be 70, 80. I mean, the Bible said the same thing about Anna and she's eight, over 85 years old. So I don't know how old Elizabeth was. But right on the other hand, how many of you know she had been 
she had had a few, she'd been on a few county, ride, county hay rides and a few, uh, a few fairs, you know, she'd been around a few times. And so, uh, and so she's, the angel pointed out, I wanted you to see that. The angel pointed Elizabeth out because he's trying to tell her she has a divine supply for you to, get, to help you steward this vision. You're young. Uh, you, you don't know much. Even in the natural, Mary had never had a baby. Uh, Elizabeth hadn't either, but she probably had been around a lot of cousins, a lot of aunts and uncles, a lot of people that had babies, probably helped deliver them because they didn't have hospitals in those days. She knew a lot about the natural side of it, as well as she could help steward, she could help Mary steward something that she herself was in the flow of, and that is a supernatural flow that gave a supernatural birth. Not a, not, not a supernatural conception, but, a, you know, of, a, of God, but a supernatural conception of her husband, the man, yeah. a man. Um, so I wanted you to see that, that Mary didn't seem to think because it says in verse number 30, uh, verse 39, and Mary rose in those days. Most of the translations say uh, like something like immediately. Uh, notice it says there in verse number 39, and she went into the hill country with haste. In other words, right away. It could have been that day, could have been the next morning, could have been within two days or something. In other words, she got her stuff together and she went up to where Elizabeth lived. She went to Elizabeth's house, knocked on the door and, and said, hello. And of course, they knew each other, their cousins. And so as soon as Mary greeted Elizabeth, John the Baptist, who is six months in the womb developing, he senses the presence of the one he's to spend his life preparing the way for, and he kicks in, in Elizabeth's womb. And the Bible said, if you read the whole chapter, he did it. He leaped in her womb for joy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, he's, he's, he's excited because he's in the presence of the one he's going to serve. You said, how did he know that? It's the anointing. The anointing came on Elizabeth, came on John. Because right there is Elizabeth, whenever she greeted, when Mary greeted Elizabeth, Elizabeth uh, prophesied. She's under the anointing. Then, verse 46, Mary started prophesying. She said that, down first through verse 55, um, under the spirit of prophecy. Now, that, listen to me very carefully. The angel had said, the power of the highest and the Holy Ghost is going to come on you and you're going to conceive in your womb. Yeah. Do we see any time other than this time where we know that the Holy Ghost came on Mary? Verse 46 and four, through 55, the Holy Ghost came on Mary to prophesy. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not ready to say that that's not when she conceived in her womb. Bam, right there. Because the angel didn't say in the, uh, in the announcement, you have conceived in your womb. He said, look at the verse number, uh, verse 35. The angel answered said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. It hadn't happened yet. And this is only, what do we know, a day or real, she went with haste. It, had, it happened within a day or so that she, the Holy Ghost comes on her. She begins to prophesy. It's possible that that's whenever she conceived. That's whenever the, the seed of God went into her womb. We don't have any other place in the, in the record that the Holy Ghost came on Mary. I'm not saying that it wasn't another time, but this would be a good candidate for a time that the Holy Ghost came on her and she conceived. Amen. And so I want you to notice that whenever you're around your divine connection, God will plant things inside of you. Somebody's anointed to help you. Hallelujah. I know when Pastor Nancy, she was preaching, she mentioned when Dr. Dufresne went to heaven, she said, Lord, who is it that I'm to be connected with now? And the Lord spoke to her about Brother Copeland and said, there are graces, listen to this, there are graces on Brother Copeland that you need or you won't finish your course and do what I've, you know, finish what I've told you to do. 
That means we have to make these divine connections in order to finish, to get, because there are graces. God takes what's on other people and puts them on us by association with them. Elizabeth is in a divine, excuse me, a divine flow of the supernatural in the area of bearing a child. Mary needs to get in that same flow. So God said, get around somebody else in that flow and what's on them will get on you. Oh, you might not be excited yet, but you wait until the finish to the end of the service. And so when the Lord spoke to Pastor Nancy, you need to get around Brother Copeland. He was saying, Brother Copeland is, is, has things on him that he's walked in for, for years, and he's walking in it and has developed in it ahead of you. You need to get around somebody that's got something on you that has developed ahead of you. Elizabeth is ahead of Mary in a supernatural flow. She has walked in faith. Amen. Even when her husband didn't believe. You read the story. He was struck dumb because he didn't believe it. Isn't that right? So she knew. So here's Elizabeth could talk to Mary about staying away from the doubters. Just stay with people of faith. And she could encourage her. How many of you know you get around your divine supply and there's an unction. That's God. God spoke to you. I believe God with you. Rather than say, you've been sleeping around with the boys. Elizabeth could have doubted, but she didn't. She believed and and encouraged Mary's faith. Look at what it says here in verse number. uh, Verse number, this is Elizabeth under under the unction of the Spirit. Verse 45. Blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things that shall be told her from the Lord. You need to be around people who will believe God with you and say, what God said to you is going to come to pass. What God said to you is going to come to pass. She had, Mary had to get around somebody else in faith who would believe God with her and not poo-poo what the angel said to her. I'm telling you, this is where Christians fail all the time. They're hanging around doubters and unbelievers and people who say, oh, you're just religious. You're just, you know, you just, you, you, you believe the Bible, you know, and just, and criticize. They, they hang around the wrong people. You need to be around people who say, bless God, everything God said to you is going to come to pass. What is that? That's the local church. What is that? That's being where your pastor's going to encourage you in the Lord. And so uh, other people are further ahead of you in things and flows of the spirit and flows of the supernatural and further ahead of you in walking out God's plan for your life. Stay around those kind of people. I said, stay around those kind of people. There are graces. There are, uh, there are, there are anointings. That doesn't mean that there aren't other good people in the body of Christ. There, there are many, many, many good people, good churches, good pastors in the body of Christ. But not everybody is a divine connection for you. Not everybody. There were many, many you, you have to know, there were many pregnant women in Israel when Mary got pregnant. But the Holy Ghost didn't point out any of them except one of them. There were probably thousands of pregnant ladies in Israel at that time. And the Lord spoke to her about none of them except one. Does that mean all those other ones were wrong for having babies or, or they, they, they didn't have anything from God or they weren't walking in anything from God? There might have been some other supernatural. I don't mean, you know, divine conception of the seed of God, but I mean somebody that hadn't had a baby with their husband and maybe somebody else prayed and sought God and got a, a baby. You know what I'm talking about? But the angel didn't say, they have a supply for you. How many of you know you got to follow the Spirit and where He points out your supply is? Amen. People, somebody's anointed to help you. Listen to this rephrase right here. Every Mary needs an Elizabeth. What do I mean, Mary? I mean, everybody that God has spoken to, that that has something in their spirit that God wants them to do in life, everybody that has that needs somebody to speak into their life that is further along than them in walking with God by faith to see. And listen, especially people who are pioneering the same kind of paths of faith that God is calling you to walk. 
Pastor Debbie and I look back over our life, and for, after we got right with God and started walking with God and everything, immediately God connected us with leading prophets in the land from the day we got into Bible school until this present hour. Amen. That's not a coincidence. Because we're being mentored in paths of faith. I, if somebody got happy about it. God's doing the same for everyone. Listen, it's no small thing when he directs you someplace. There's a, there's a supply. Somebody, there, there's something on them there to help you get to where you're going. So God didn't just choose Mary because she would agree. He trusted her. Listen to this. He tr- See, he had to trust. Somebody say, we need to trust God. Yes. And God needs to trust you. God needs to be able to trust us. God trusted Mary, not just because she would agree, but because she would connect right and properly steward. See, part of stewarding the plan of God is connecting right. There is no such thing in the body of Christ as a lone ranger. No such thing. Amen. And so she connected right, and God saw that she would do that, and that would be, uh, that would be uh, one of the reasons that she would properly steward the will of God for her life. He knew she wouldn't hang around people of unbelief, and she didn't. She went right to somebody of faith, right to somebody that's in the same flow. And I want to remind you again, Elizabeth's husband still didn't believe this. So she had to stand in faith against all the unbelief in her house. The unbelief in her house. So how many of you know, and Elizabeth had been around a few few days. If you read the story, uh, her husband's a priest. These are godly people. It says they were godly people. Uh, They were serving God. They were doing the plan of God for their life. And uh, she had been around a few days, and she knew what it took to stand against the, the, the fear and doubt of other people. And she could help Mary with that. Amen. And God knew that Mary would seek those kinds of people out. And uh, they would be her fellowship. They would be her company. Oh, I like it. And uh, God wants you to find the people who are moving in the, in the, uh, with, with God in the area that he wants you to move in. Hallelujah. You know, if Mary, listen, I, I know this sounds strange. But if Mary would have gotten around unbelief, it would have shut down the supernatural. I don't know if if this is all doctrinally correct or not, but I know unbelief doesn't work. It's possible she could have got around people of unbelief and aborted Jesus. I don't mean on purpose. You know what I'm talking about? So um, Mary was chosen because she would steward this. By being around people of faith. That's what the local church is. It's about being around people of faith. All right. So I want you to notice, uh, he said in verse 36, behold thy cousin Elizabeth. Look at that word, behold. In other words, keep your eyes on her. I want you to learn from her. Amen. Elizabeth, she's on this flow. She's in this flow like you are. And so the angel pointed Elizabeth out um, because he was telling her she has a divine supply for for you. Now, who is Elizabeth? She was Mary's cousin, but in many ways she became like her mother. And not just in natural things. How many of you know ladies, they get pregnant maybe for the first time. They'll seek out other ladies who have had a few babies. Maybe somebody's popped them out like popcorn, you know, one, two, you know, (laughs) and the young lady gets pregnant in the church. She goes, can I talk to you (laughs) just for some natural stuff? But how many of you know, Mary wasn't just seeking her out because she became like a natural mom. She became like a spiritual mom. She was schooling her in the things of the Spirit. Amen. Every Mary needs an Elizabeth. 
That just simply means everyone chosen by God to carry out a particular assignment in the plan of God needs to put themselves around somebody by the leading of the Spirit that God points out to them who's further along in the paths of faith there to walk than they are. Woo, glory. And, uh, and Mary believed and, and Elizabeth believed. Actually, look at this. Look at, look at this, verse number... Uh, Look at verse number, uh, verse number 30, or excuse me, verse 45 says that Mary believed, Elizabeth prophesied, and Mary said to Mary and said, you've believed and you're blessed and there'll be a performance of what the Lord said. And, but notice back here what the angel said. So we know Mary believed. Verse 36, the, that cousin Elizabeth, who also hath conceived a son in her old age, and this is a six month with her who is called barren. Now notice, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Notice the angel wouldn't even call her barren. He just said, that's what people say about her. They say, they say she's barren. That's what the angel said. He didn't say she was barren. Because how many of you know the angel talks heaven's language? But the angel said, they call her barren, but with God, look at that. Look at that. Uh, with God, nothing shall be impossible. He's talking about what had happened for Elizabeth because of her faith. So Mary and Elizabeth, when it comes to faith life, they're two peas in a pod. No pun intended. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you are too religious today. Two peas in a pod. And so keep your eyes on her. So Mary is number one. Excuse me. Elizabeth is her cousin. Uh, in many ways, she's becoming like a spiritual mother and not just in natural things. And listen to this. She's somebody older. She's, she's actually a minister's wife. She's, her husband is the high priest. And so those are the minister, ministers of that day. And she's older spiritually. How many of you know you don't get to be the, the number one minister in the land in that day just because you uh, play golf every day? No. These are spiritual people. They're giving themselves to their ministry. They've been around a few, few years. Uh, they've been down the road. They've walked with God. Amen. And so she's older, she has walked out much of the plan of God for her life, and really uh, she's fulfilling now the, the, the next part of it. And so God expected her to be around somebody older than her, Mary, to be around somebody older than herself. And God expects you to be around somebody older than yourself. That's one problem with young people today. Young people just listen to young people rather than the adults. They think they're smart and they're as dumb as the post. Amen. And so, uh, <laughs> okay, Merry Christmas. Praise the Lord. So Elizabeth is older. She's walked with God and she's going the same direction that Mary needs to walk. I've said this many times that I want you to get it. Mary needed to be around that. This is fulfilling the exhortation of the scriptures where it says in James, let me find it here. Uh, I thought I had it written down right in front of me. It talks about in, uh, in where is this that? I got it right in front of me somewhere. The passage that talks about younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. It's in James somewhere. It's, it's fulfilled. The, the scriptures say younger ones are to submit themselves unto the elder. You remember that scripture? James 4 what? James 4, 7. And so Mary is fulfilling that exhortation in the scriptures. She's younger in a spiritual flow. She's younger in a flow of faith. Isn't that right? Amen. It's strange that it's not right in front of me. I thought I looked it up. I got some things about it here. But uh, the important thing that you need to recognize is that Mary did that, but it's an exhortation to all of us. So young, you, you, you younger, how does this say it? Submit yourself unto the elders. First Peter 5.5. 5. Read it for me if you would. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Is that just written for Mary? No, no that's written to all of us. Yeah. We're all to find... Now, now yeah. you know the word elder in the New Testament 
is a reference to a pastor. Yes. And the reason that word is used is because at the beginning, nobody, like when the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost, nobody had developed in the pastoral ministry. Everybody that God called to the pastoral ministry is a spiritual baby. But there were a few that had been around Jesus. But they're just now born again. And they're just now starting to learn this, this call on their lives. And so they would just pick some of the older people who had been around longer and said, you be our pastor. That's why he said, younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. He's basically saying people that are more mature than you are spiritually. Is that right? And so it's important that you and I recognize that exhortation from the scriptures and don't just think, well, you know, that's just... uh, you know, that's just Old Testament stuff or whatever. No, this is actually New Testament, the plan of God for the New Testament. Submission. Notice he said, younger, submit yourselves. Submission is not weakness. Amen. Your, actual, your ability to do it is actually a sign of spiritual strength. It's a sign of humility. It's a, it's a sign of faith. It shows that you identify or your identity is not in your position, but in Christ. Amen. 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 Now, that's, that's a Bible exhortation to all of us. When we fi- find people pioneering paths of faith ahead of us, we're to connect with people like that. Now, what is connected to us doing that? Acceleration. You can go much faster with somebody showing you the ropes than you ever will on your own. Acceleration is connected to an example. That's why children that don't have a proper, you know, mom and dad or, you know, adult input into their lives, they grow up and they're stunted in their development because they don't learn from mom and dad. They got to learn everything the hard way. That has never been God's plan. And neither is it God's plan in our spiritual walk. Amen. Amen. And so there's acceleration in a divine connection. Somebody has been there before and done what God's calling you to do. Amen. Somebody knows God better than you. Somebody who uh, has been down the path of faith you're going to walk. They've been down it further than you have been. And so there are not only acceleration. Notice here he says, younger, submit yourselves. This is uh, 1 Peter 5, 5 through 7. Submit yourselves unto the elders. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. Be clothed with humility. Notice that he brings up humility in the connection with this. For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God. That he exalts you in due time. Casting your care on him for that he cares for you. So notice he connects. He connects. Listen to this. He connects you being humble. Or no, he connects submission to humility. And he connects grace to humility. He gives grace and be clothed with humility. Submit yourselves unto the elder. Be clothed with humility. He resists the problem, gives grace to the humble. So here's grace coming to the humble. And he says, humility is connected to you being submitted. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so uh, it connects submission to humility. Humility or humbling yourself is connected to you getting grace. Why? Because what's on that one who is walking the paths ahead of you will get on you. The grace that's on them will get on you. That's exactly what happened with Mary when she got around Elizabeth. Something from Elizabeth. She, Elizabeth, uh, uh, Mary greeted Elizabeth. John the Baptist leaped in her womb. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Ghost. She begins to prophesy. And the anointing comes on Mary. She conceives. All standing right in the door. As soon as she made her divine connection, grace got off Elizabeth and got on Mary. She didn't even get to go in and sit down on the couch. As soon as she made her connection, bam, things started happening. Woo, glory be to God. You ain't never heard a Christmas sermon like this. So acceleration is connected. You want something. Well, I just don't know what's, why, why it's not happening. Get connected right. That'll speed some things up. Praise be to God. And so did you get anything out of that today? 
Mary believed, but Elizabeth was living with a man who didn't believe. So she could school her how to walk by faith when nobody else believes. For a while, Joseph didn't even believe. I mean, uh, an angel had to appear to Joseph and say, no, don't put her away. Don't put her away. Because he thought, you know, she's been unfaithful to me. I'm telling you what happened. You can read the story. He, he was minded to put her away. He thought maybe she had been sleeping with a boy or something. Amen. Amen. And so Mary kept all these things and pondered them in, your, in her heart. And when you're around your divine supply, they reinforce your faith. They say, praise God, you believed everything God said to you is going to come to pass. Rather than, I don't know. That's pretty far out there. Amen. Amen. Every time I get around my divine connection, things begin to jump in my spirit. Things begin to get reborn and revitalized and and poured into. Amen. I wish people could understand this. And I wish people knew the honor of being connected, right? And didn't see that, that, you know, well, I I can't submit to that or I can't, you know, I got my own call. Well, so so did Mary. I mean, that's pretty big. An angel appears and... Am I preaching all right? And so, last of all, what we see here, Mary spent three months there. What was she doing? Sitting around and just talking? I bet I know. I bet I know. How many of you know when a lady gets in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth month, she might not feel like standing behind the stove for half an hour and cooking up, you know. She might want to get off her feet. I'll guarantee you, Mary's over there saying, hey, you just, Elizabeth, you just sit over there and you talk to me. Tell me again how that angel appeared to your husband and tell me again, and you sit there and put your feet up. I'm going to cook you dinner tonight. In other words, what am I saying? She was there to serve, serve her woman of God until that baby was born. She wasn't there to be served. I'm the, the mother of the Messiah. You need to serve me. No, she, she's receiving one of the greatest honors any woman has ever received in the history of the world. And she's saying, I'm going to serve somebody else. Isn't that an amazing thought? Luke 16, 10, 10 through 12 says that if you've not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? And Mary was fulfilling that. She served in menial duties, helped Elizabeth, maybe, maybe got some things ready in the house for the baby to come or whatever, and, uh, you know, just helped Elizabeth, especially in the later months, and, uh, and just kept her, just ministered to her. Amen. I've learned this in my life. I serve my pastor's dream, and God will make sure my dream comes to pass. Amen. And so uh, our job is to understand that we need a higher anointing than our own to fulfill our call. Somebody further along. Amen. We need to protect these kinds of relationships. I don't know where Joseph was those three months. I don't know what struggle he's going through because it wasn't until after the baby's born that the angel said, no, don't, you know. And so... Uh, there's, there's things that we don't know what Joseph was going through. The Bible doesn't talk as much about Joseph, but right on the other hand, she's protecting her faith by being around the right kind of supply. She's protecting this divine relationship. It's not Elizabeth's job to keep Mary around It's Mary's job to say, I'm not leaving until I've served you and this baby's born. And I get all the wisdom you have, all that I need, you know, speaking words of faith over me. Amen. It's my job to crucify the flesh and my bad attitude that says, well, I'm somebody important and I don't need to serve anybody. Amen. Praise God. I'll tell you, I get around my, my divine connections and they, they, they stretch me. They expand me. They make me, you know, slap myself around and say, and, and sometimes they're slapping me around without knowing they're slapping me around. And I'm going back to the hotel going, all right, get with it. Now, now, now obey God. Now, what, what, what were you thinking? Come on now. That's because I got around my divine supply and my baby started jumping again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Well, did you get anything out of that this morning? 
God gives us people who are taught of the Spirit in faith and whose lives show us how things of the Spirit work. And it's our job to find who those people are and stay close. They've got a lot of impartations for us. And a lot of us won't finish without those divine connections. The body of Christ today is almost anemic to what I'm preaching. They can't stand what I'm preaching because it puts responsibility on them. They're waiting for God to do everything sovereignly. He's not. He's going to do it through other connections in the body of Christ. Even Paul, who had visions of Jesus, went up to the apostles at Jerusalem and submitted himself, said, now here's what Jesus said to me in the vision. Is this in line with what you're preaching? A lot of people would think Paul didn't need to do that. He's, he's it. No, he submitted himself to those who are further along than him in the call he's supposed to, the ministry he's supposed to walk in. Amen. So praise the Lord. How many of you know the Bible says it's, it's plain in the scriptures that in the last days, God was going to do a quick work in the earth. That's in Romans chapter number nine. And it's going to be necessary that many things happen more quickly. And uh, because we're running out of time, the church age is coming to an end. And with that being said, we've got to make these connections. So our progress in the plan of God is not delayed. Now more than ever, we need to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together and get our impartations because we got a job to do. Time is running out and God has something for us all to do. And so that which you do, do quickly. You ever read that in the Bible? (laughs) Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege of meditating in it. Thank you for the adjustments that we can make as we hear your word. Father, we all humble ourselves before your plan. And we know that you have a plan, that it's a good plan for us. And we thank you for every person here, every, that you have a plan that uh, is, is to advance your purpose in the earth. And you have a part for them to play in it. Father, show them where they fit. Show them where they belong. Show them where their divine connection is. May not a single one of us, under the sound of my voice, fail to produce the plan of God like Mary, who did fulfill the plan of God. We want to all fulfill the plan of God. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We'll give you all the praise for it. We thank you, Father, until you come. We will work and labor and fulfill your plan. We'll do it with delight. We'll do it with the joy of the Lord. We'll do it with seeing the honor and the privilege of it. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. And we'll connect right. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Heads bowed, please. Father, if there's one person in in the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I ask that you would reveal to them this morning that they are without him in their own sin, but that Jesus came to make a way to redeem us and wash us and make us free from our past, our guilt, our shame, our sin, and that he stands ready today to invite every single one of us into the kingdom of God that might not have yet come in. I pray that in Jesus' name. With heads bowed, I don't know everybody here today. If you say, I, I'm here, but I don't know if I'm personally saved. I, maybe you go to church. Maybe you don't. Maybe you, uh, you know, maybe you used to walk with God and you got away from God. But whatever your circumstances, whatever your situation, if you say, I need prayer, pray for me. I need to be born again. I need to come back to God or whatever your situation is. Would you just raise your hand where you are? We want to pray for you. The Lord stands ready to receive you. Anyone at all. Anyone at all. Anyone at all. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. If you know you're a child of God, you're blood washed, and you know you're saved, you've put your faith in Jesus, raise both hands and testify to it. Lift up your hands and testify. I know I'm saved. I know I'm born again. I know I'm walking with God. Father, I I see that not everyone can raise their hand. I pray that the Holy Spirit that's wooing over the lives of every person here today, go with that one or that two who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior and make them to know that you stand ready to wash and cleanse and to receive them into your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, I ask that for your glory and I'll give you all the praise for it. Everyone that agreed said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.
Amen, amen. Stand with me to your feet. I want to get you out a little early this morning. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Did you get anything out of that? That's, that helped me. I didn't see all that till last night. Praise amen. the Lord. Amen. I was just saying goodbye with you. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, did everybody see the video that we did of, with the staff? Yeah, Christmas and video, the, yeah. Uh, Vanessa did a wonderful job on that and, and whoever else helped her. And I just want to say this because yeah, this is for mom here. I would have loved to invite you all to the home to decorate and feed you and that type of thing. But we didn't have enough room. So we, we opted to just have, uh, because we needed help decorating and things. So we opted to have the staff come and we gave the kids gift. We had their families come and gave them gifts. But you know, I would have loved to have the HCD staff come. I would have loved to have you all come. Don't be like the older brother. Why didn't they have me come to our house? You know, because we love you and we appreciate you. But, you know, press like on those things. Let us know that you're seeing those videos. And, and you know, people enjoy that. They really do. It, it touches people. We, we posted that on the Lee Summit page and others. So, uh, anyway, we just wanted to let you know that we love you. We appreciate you. Have some wonderful, wonderful time with your family this weekend. Amen. And uh, we have testimonies on Wednesday, right? Wednesday night. Testimonies. Yeah service. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be any preaching except you. You're going to preach. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So come, you enjoy that. I know you want to come. So Wednesday night to be the testimonies. Greet 17 people. All right. <laughs> Can't leave the building until you greet a whole bunch of people and tell them Merry Christmas. Enjoy the rest of your day. Eat some ham for me. All right. Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas. And 2023, the best year yet.